0: You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 176.
1: When I'm with my clients, I have to be mindful of the role that we play in honoring that they are an independent human and I am an independent human. And we've come together under this guise. We're here to help you see more, be more, do more, you know, look and explore. So the number one thing is the objectivity yet with authenticity. The objectivity in and succinctness in saying this is a coaching question. You know, we're going to go into some coaching right now, distinguishing that. I have some experience from in the past. I'd love to share with you some past learning. Are you open to that? Distinguishing that. I have some advice. Take it or leave it. Are you open for advice? And I definitely have had clients say, I don't need any more advice. I'm cool. That's great. So the objectivity of What I'm bringing to it, the objectivity of knowing that they have their own answers, and I'm here to inquire and to explore and expand, and the distinguishing between what I am bringing into the conversation. I think that's crucial.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources, whatever your focus or niche. Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach instructor. I just want to welcome all of you in this very difficult time. As we are recording, there is a worldwide pandemic with the coronavirus happening and the ripple effects that are happening everywhere based upon this world crisis is impacting, I know, your businesses, it may be impacting opportunities that you had to learn or travel or gain experience doing different things. Over the past week, I've talked to coaches whose businesses are majorly impacted by their inability to travel by groups not being pulled together anymore. My son will be coming home for not one week of spring break, but two weeks of spring break and then doing online course study moving forward. He graduates in May, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what's happening then and whether he will have a graduation ceremony from college. So many different things. And I think about the ripple effect and how everything's impacting all the way down the line, that when the NBA ends their season, that impacts the workers in the arenas. And when we don't travel in airplanes anymore, how the workers are being impacted in airports and let alone the travelers. So I just, you know, I think that we need to hold everyone in our hearts and 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 determine how we ourselves show up in this situation. I am very grateful that I'm able to continue to connect with you on this platform and commit to you that we will continue to explore different strategies, tools, and resources through the safety of your phones, your laptops, however it is that you're accessing this information. And I'm very grateful to be able to bring this guest to you today. She was phenomenal to spend time with, and I'm so excited to be able to bring her wisdom and her special energy to all of you. Jean Opplinger, who is a Master Certified Coach, is coming to bring us her energy, her attention to the field of coaching. And when we talked about bringing her expertise forward, she said, you know, I'm at 20 years in the coaching industry. I've been a master certified coach for eight years. What I would love to do is pull together my top learnings to share with your audience. And of course I was all over that. And, and you'll see in the interview today, not only did she bring her top 10 learnings, but she divided those into groups for us. So we're going to get some understanding from Jean of what she learned while building her business and her top three tips for us on that. And then how she connects with her clients. You heard a little teaser for that at the beginning of the show as she talked a little bit about some of the important aspects how we can best partner with our clients and then finally how we take care of, of ourselves so that we can show up in the best place possible in as as professionals so so it was just so good i adored my time with jean in jean's bio it notes that she's known for being trustworthy attentive and effective in a expanding leaders and teams to see more, be more, and do more, which was not surprising to me at all because I experienced that. And I think you'll experience that through the interview as well. As I mentioned, Jean is a master certified coach. She's an insights facilitator and a master personal brand strategist, as well as being a Gallup strengths coach. She combines care and craft to quickly connect with her clients, tap into their authentic strengths, clarify their destination, and initiate action. How powerful is that? She's all about energy and motivation. She has passion around authenticity and being able to help people clarify destinations, expanding people in their own breadth and depth. And I will challenge you that that's going to happen to you in this interview as well. She will challenge you in your own breadth and depth. She works with Fortune 50, 100 and 500 clients. She has a healthy family, a life of balance, presence and great joy. And she brings that to us today. So I'm not going to hold off any longer. Let me introduce you to Jean Opplinger, Master Certified Coach. Jean, good morning. Welcome to the show. It is wonderful to have you here.
1: Oh, Meg, I'm so delighted to be here and talking with you is a breeze. (laughs) And I want to thank you for everything that you do for our community, for our industry. I am really appreciative of the resources that you're bringing us. So thank you.
0: Well, absolutely. It Mm -hmm. has truly been a joy. And I will say that this this relationship is a perfect example Mm -hmm. of how this giving just gives back to me two fold. Meeting oh. you has been such a joy. <laughs> and I am super excited of what you're going to bring to the audience. So everybody listening, just strap on your seat belts. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> Jean, let's start with your story. So you were okay. referred to me as somebody who is a pioneer in our industry. You are somebody who has given and given and and you've been in, in the coaching industry for 20 plus years. Yeah. So let's talk about what brought you 20 years ago into the field of coaching.
1: Oh, thank you. That's a great... I appreciate the question because we all have our story on how we got here. At least those of us who have been around for a few few years. I started off my business in marketing and advertising. And that is the profession that I love, that I was trained in in school. I had a good 16-year run at it, and I absolutely loved the work until, quite honestly, I didn't. And That sounds a little abrupt, but what happened was in late 1999 and in early 2000, the dot-com, which was the industry that I was in, had that big hit, and the bubble burst, and we started to slide downward. The company that I was working for at that time was, you know, like all good organizations looking at what do we need to do? Where do we need to downsize? What do we need to maintain? What do we do here? So there were layoffs being offered. And as a senior director in the organization, I saw the packages. I was part of those conversations. And I remember going driving home from work. And I remember saying, I need to sit down knee to knee with my husband and say, this might be an opportunity for me to reevaluate what I love, this new love that I have, which is in leadership development. And now how that new love came to be was I was a good soldier as a marketing professional, you know, a good doer, a task accomplisher, and I got promoted for being you know good at doing, doing good at the that do. skill yeah exactly. do, being able
0: to do what you were supposed to do as an individual run. contributor
1: totally totally well then what happens to individual contributors is all of a sudden you get people that you're yeah
0: with. It's, it's like you're... okay I was good at that but I don't yeah. know do I know how
1: to do this you're so right. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's have a team of two. Now we have a team of four. Now we have a team of eight. Now we have a team of leaders with leaders. And so that happened relatively quickly towards the end of my marketing career, like within about an 18 month span, I was a four to about 12 people. And what it was great because I could connect with some, but I wasn't connecting with others, and I was like I don't understand how I can motivate, manage, excite, and get people going, and then how I cannot like feel like we're, you know, just we're not connecting with others. So I started studying leadership and leadership development, and started taking courses, and I realized that this is an opportunity to grow myself, but it was mm-hmm. also an, a missed opportunity in the organization. Because I went from being able to talk to lots of people about what I needed and what I was doing. And I went to being a a good soldier. And then all of a sudden, I was not feeling like I was succeeding. And I was staying up, you know, waking up in the middle of the night worried and anxious. Uh And I realized two things. One is you, there aren't many, at least for me at that time, they didn't feel that I had any allies that I could talk to because I couldn't really tell my boss. I didn't know what I was doing. I really couldn't tell my subordinates, right? You get it? Yeah. (laughs) I know I'm supposed to lead you, but I have no idea what to do. Like, yeah, please don't peek behind the curtain. And so when I went home and talked to my husband knee to knee, I just said, I want to fill this void. I want to help senior level leaders, new directors, VPs in having being that liaison, being that ally, being that reservoir for them to think out loud, to help vet their concerns, etc. cetera. And I'd had a little bit of experience with coaching before in some of the training and development I'd done as growing up. And I said, you know, I want to explore this coaching thing. So long story, trying to get shorter. I ended up, accepting one of the layoff packages. And I started meeting with organizational development companies and professionals and bringing them donuts and coffee when we used to eat donuts and, and sitting down with people and just saying, tell me about your profession, tell me about what you love, tell me what, what you don't love, what was your path, et cetera. And I had two or three of those. And then I met this amazing woman named Didi Dee Dee Henley. And she says, sure, I'll give you a half hour, meet me at this Starbucks. And there we were. And it, three and a half hours later, we parted. After oh. tears and hugs and... And
0: connection just, and... Amen. Oh, yep. wow. Beautiful.
1: It was just the connection. And so what their organization needed at that time was marketing and advertising support and help and project management around that. What I wanted was just to sponge, to be around, to help in any way. So we created a six-month contract where I helped them with their development of their marketing materials, branding, etc. I could be a contribution that way. And they just let me be around them no matter what. I was flying with them. I was stapling packages. I was collating. I was, and I would, my feet didn't even hit the ground. I swear to goodness, I was so, so happy to be learning from generous, courageous, powerful, honest, authentic people. And I just said, this is where I want to grow. So, 2000, I put out my shingle and went to school. ICF accredited, New Ventures West, got my certification and started building my hours. And I continued to stay with that group. They split off, but I stayed with that group for six years. And then I went on my own and still continued to work with some of the clients that I had built there. But I went on my own. Now in that whole time, while they were my predominant client, Mm -hmm. I still had my own clients that I was building. So my coaching practice started in 2000, certified in 2003. And then I'm a master certified coach by I think 2009 is when I got my master's master certification. Yeah.
0: Wonderful, Uh, wonderful story.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And what's interesting is that there was a couple things that came up in your story. Yeah. Uh, first of all, that we all have our own journey into oh what God. brings us into coaching. And what I was smiling as you were talking about the angst and the, you know, I was smiling over your angst uh, <laughs> about as as you were talking about your where your passion grew because I was in that other side where people in your position, were coming to see me as a therapist because they were so stressed about being put in that position that I also felt like there's got to be a different way to do this. So I came in from another angle in that understanding there's people that are being put in that position that aren't being supported. So how can I change my professional direction and, and help meet them at a different place? But the other thing I really want people to hear from what you said was, wouldn't it be awesome if all of our clients in that position were motivated to learn and grow and maybe they are, but they just don't know what to do with that. So that's one of the things that we can kind of help them to connect to those resources and how do they go from being individual contributor to leader.
1: Yeah, it's true. And there's so many more resources available now. And I don't want to say like, you know, I uphilled both ways to school kind of a story. But it feels to me, you know, like your services that you provide, and just all of the podcasts and all the books, you know, books have always been around, but this dynamicness, this more well, and the new
0: neuroscience and all oh the different gosh, things yes. that are, are putting, connecting the dots so much more. Yes. You were, I mean, 20 years ago, yes. I guarantee you when you said you wanted to be a coach, a lot of people didn't know what the heck that meant. No,
1: no, no, they definitely did not. And, and to be really honest, I didn't know, but what I did know is that there were Really healthy schools out there. ICF was there. I was all over their website trying to learn code of ethics, what this matters, what the distinction between. I think the biggest thing that I learned was a distinction between coaching, consulting, advising. You know, that is always the purest foundation that I go back to when I describe what a leadership coach is about. So, and I knew for sure. My passion was clear that I wanted to help people that were in that senior director VP area. And that is still my favorite sweet spot to work with as clients Mm -hmm. to be that advocate, that champion, that edge for them Mm -hmm. in growing and developing them, but primarily through listening and helping them see clearer what they already know. So, oh my gosh, we could go on and on. Oh, so good. It's so (laughs) good. When we got together to
0: determine if you wanted to be on the show and what you might want to focus on, you said, you know, this is my eighth year as an MCC. I've been in coaching for 20 years. Yeah. Let me bring some of my lessons forward. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your motivation for that.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, you know, it just was top of mind right there, and it's not like I'm a sage by any means. There's always more to learn and grow. But there are some things, and I think it also stemmed from I'm truly passionate about giving back to those that gave to me, you know, those three different people that I talked to long, 20 years ago that gave me time to listen and share without any need for anything in return. I, I am dedicated and I, I serve, I you know, pay back. What they gave to me, so I was like, you know, there. I had just talked to a relatively new coachy. I mean, I mean, someone who was new to the coaching practice, and I think it was a little bit at the top of mind like that. And she was appreciative of some of the things that I may now take for granted. So to me, there is kind of like the Letterman top 10, I think, <laughs> about a little bit. Yeah. And as I thought about it more, Megan, I appreciate your prompt, like a good coach will do, is prompt us to think more and to process more. I realized that there were three categories in which I have three key learnings from. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of learnings, but at this point in time, like what were the three key things? If I could really only pass on three per category, what might those be? And what is the Uber or the arching meta lesson that I've learned or or kind of guideposts that I follow? So that was the impetus. The impetus was probably just a more recent conversation, but the follow-through is is that it really gave me great pause. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. we are going to learn from you today. Okay. You're going to share your 10 tips and, yeah. and you've broken those into sort of business, yep, clients, how we care for our clients, how we show up and partner with our clients yep. and self. Self-care, exactly. self-experience. And then like you said, that overarching meta. Yeah. So like I said, everybody, put on your seatbelts because <laughs> we've got some major learning here through your your willingness to be open and transparent for us. So I appreciate that. Where do we want
1: to start? Well, I'd like to start with the business. And you put on your seatbelts, I'll put on my, my readers here, my cheater glasses so I can see my notes. Just in looking at the bet, at the business, you know, this is in a way I'm going to put this as kind of the head-based learning and, transit and um, transfer of knowledge, if you will. Mm-hmm. And boy, I wish I could listen to all, I could engage with all the listeners or whoever might be listening out there to probably see your heads nodding or hear your wisdom as well. So this may affirm or it may be new knowledge. But in business, starting with three, going to two, and then to one, the first thing that I learned, or or in hindsight, looking back, Mm -hmm. what supported me in being successful as an executive coach in the leadership arena is structure. The structures that I put in place, everything from a good business name to a great bookkeeper to a great scheduling tools. Even at that time, it was Outlook. Too, and now you can provide your scheduling online so easily. Structures for keeping track of my coaching hours. Structures for keeping track of the topics that my clients were talking about. Because the more that they talked about, them, the deeper I wanted to understand and and know, like that. Wow, this is a this is a top of mind for so many leaders right now. I want to see. Well, how can I bring more value to that? So the structures are crucial. And for those who are new into the coaching arena, I really encourage you to especially keep track of your coaching hours, the pro bono and the paid hours, because that's to me, the credentialing is a crucial part Mm -hmm. of validating my commitment back to our profession, as well as keeps my edge sharp in learning Mm -hmm. and growth development. So structure. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Structure, absolutely. Right. And, and so those of you who are used to working with me, I'll talk about the foundation that we set and all those oh, foundational pieces. Structure, foundation, absolutely key. Yep. What are you thinking about as you are building your business? And if you've been in your business for a while, when's the last time you really looked at those structural yeah. pieces and, and made sure that they're still meeting your needs?
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. And also because there's so many new ways to maintain your structures. You know, I've gone from writing my notes to OneNote now, you know, so my mm-hmm. clients, wherever they are, if they do have a spontaneous call, I've got their materials with me because I've got them all in the cloud. You know, so am I evolving my structures? So I think that's structure is foundational. Great word for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind so of that's three and yep, then two. Three. two. two was the network, your network really being mindful of who are those people that are your champions? Who are you champions for? Who do you have an easy to access relationship with? Who do you want to build an easy to access relationship with? And really, it might sound a little creepy, but really kind of documenting your network. Like, who do I know? Who do I want to get to know? Who have I leaned into? And who can I bring value to? Network to me is again, a reciprocal, this infinity, the give and the take and the give and the take. And sometimes it's easier to give and it's harder to receive. I certainly have felt that way. But I've learned that if I love giving, then somebody's got to receive. And so I need to be a recipient. So really nurturing your network. I bring up network not only for the obvious reasons, but also for the fact that how I built my practice, because it came from a, what I felt was a successful marketing career. I had a little bit of trouble ramping up from that beginner to, so I wanted to know, how could I build my coaching practice, practice quickly? And so what I ended up doing was I identified in my network people who needed strong bench leaders, bench coaches. Mm-hmm. And I, at one point in time, was on four or five different benches, if you will. Exactly. They had, and it really, I love the, everybody that I got to work with. Because you get to be part of a team, because one of the things I do hear
0: from coaches is I feel sort of isolated as a solopreneur. And there are coaches out there getting contracts that are bigger than they can service themselves. So they need those bench coaches. They need people to join their team. And that doesn't mean that you give up your business. It just means that you subcontract with them. Yes. And it's it's such a great way to get in to work with many different coaches. So I love that.
1: Yeah, it really was. And what I did was I leveraged, you know, always leverage what you've done before. I'll leverage all your learning. And so I leveraged my account service mentality where I took care of my client, which would be the person I was on their bench. I took care of my direct coachee, and then I also, the person I was coaching, and then I also took care of me and my own business. So I had this capacity to honor with integrity every relationship. And it, it has been the cornerstone of my success for sure. Because And I, you learn, as you know, we do this yes. profession. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. I think we do this profession because there's so much continuous learning that we get when we engage with each other. So that's number two. I better speed it up. Okay. Let me see. Number one was uh, in business as an executive coach, and I'm super adamant about this, is honoring and upholding the ICF Code of Ethics and all of our standards and all of our competencies and all of our requirements. So number one in business, if you're going to be an executive coach, abide by those rules of our industry. And, you know, it's the law is the law is the law. You know, Mm -hmm. it's what keeps us crisp and clear. It's and it takes each one of us to sustain that. And so I hold that as number one in the executive coaching or personal coaching. Or, or any
0: kind of coaching. Yeah. So if you're a relationship coach, if Absolutely. you're a life coach, if you business. are working around yeah. business with small business owners, ultimately our industry has standards and yeah. has expectations. So yes. what are we doing to meet those expectations? How are we upholding that? And. Yeah and being a responsible part of our industry.
1: It's so important. I just, I really am grateful for ICF because of those. They were well thought through. They continue to evolve. The standards continue to get even more crisp. And, and so I just am appreciative of that. So that's my business.
0: All right. So that's three, two, one in business. Now we're going go <laughs> to go to from the bottom to the top in, in our client care. So let's yeah. go with three, two, one in that. What's three?
1: yeah three is and three is to be real and speak your truth with your clients so when i'm with my clients i have to be mindful of the role that we play in honoring the that they are an independent human and i am an independent human and we've come together under this guise of we're here to help you see more be more do more you know look and explore so the number one thing is the objectivity yet with authenticity The objectivity in and, and succinctness in saying this is a coaching question. You know, we're going to go into some coaching right now. Distinguishing that. Ah, I have some experience from in the past. I'd love to share with you some past learning. Are you open to that? Distinguishing that. I have some advice. Take it or leave it. Are you open for advice? And I definitely have had clients say, "I don't need any more advice." I'm cool. That's great. So, distinct the objectivity of the what I'm bringing to it. The objectivity of knowing that they have their own answers, and I'm here to inquire and to explore and expand, the, and the distinguishing between what I am bringing into the conversation. Uh, I think that's crucial.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised
0: Uh, that's number three. Tell us what number two is.
1: Well, number two is, well, that's good. Uh, Maybe it should be number one. Number (laughs) two is the capacity to be 100% present in the conversation with the clients. You know, 100% present. And especially now that many of the client conversations, you know, they used to just be by phone or now they're the video calls, or in person is still to me, which evokes the most presence, is when I get to be right there with my clients, looking them in the eyes. But there are so many distractions that we can have our day, our calendar, noises, sounds, personal well-being, etc. That can happen. Is so, what are what do I do to stay 100% present with my clients? Is I make sure, and it's. Sounds like it's minimal, but I make sure at least I have anywhere from one to five minutes. And even one minute doesn't sound like much, but to stop, to ground myself, to breathe, to get my feet on the ground, my head and my heart aligned, remembering my role, you know, role, role, role. My role here is not to get through the conversation. My role here is to be right with them as a guide at their side. And so presence. Beautiful. Sure, Makes sense. Sure. The, yeah. <laughs> and then the number one for. Number clients. one is um, identifying the deepest root of what they want to talk about. And I wish I could just put my arms around all the coaches that are here potentially listening to this call because I know that we know this, but I think it's always good to remember. You know, in a coaching commitment of a maybe it's a retainer for a year, or even if it's six or 10 hours or whatever, am I holding on to that deeper root that's going to help evoke them having a different ripple effect than just the topical things they're bringing because of what the last conversation that they had? So, that ability to listen for what is said, what isn't said, what's underneath that, what's underneath that to peel back that's the uniqueness that we bring to our conversations with our clients that they don't have from you know, employer, sister, friend, etc. You know? Oh, absolutely. Just
0: beautiful. It gives me goosebumps. I think I could do a whole show with you just around (laughs) the way that you hold your clients and and the relationship there. Just beautiful. So that's 321 in client care.
1: Now, what about self? Oh my gosh, self-care. I don't know about you, but I can sometimes put me at the bottom of the barrel, but I use this as the what I have learned in my years is and we all know this, but we're only as good as our ability to show up fully and present. And so I really have made a conscious evolution to invest in my mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And the physical well-being is just a must, just to stay limber and well, so whatever your thing be, walking, Pilates, yoga, running, whatever it be, keep that going. That's circulating life, in my opinion, in your well-being. So there's the physical. The mental well-being, I think to me, is about continuing to open up paradigms, continuing to open up perspectives, continuing to be that open growth mindset Mm -hmm. is always the one. And then mental, emotional, emotional well-being is when i check in with myself before a call and i don't i'm going to be honest i don't always practice this to an exact discipline but when i remember to check in with myself it's like what needs do i have that i haven't taken care of and sometimes it's just making a note after the call that i'll go take care of those things but making sure that i'm not blending into their conversation So making sure my emotional needs aren't, I'm not wanting to get an emotional need met through the client. That's not their job. So that is really critical to me. So doing, I I call that doing your own work. You know, are you doing your own work? We have to do our own work to continually evolve. And that's actually what keeps me excited about coaching is that hopefully I can continue to get a little wiser and a little better like that.
0: And I love that in the, the new competencies that are coming forward, the whole part about maintaining a coaching mindset, I think, yep. covers some of what you're talking about there. Our responsibility to stay healthy and whole and, yeah. and be able to best meet our clients. So yeah. I love that self-care.
1: Yeah, And I also thank you. And thank you for bringing that in too as well. I also felt there's a spiritual well-being and spiritual doesn't necessarily mean religious or anything like that. It could be for some, but how do I restore my heart? How do I restore myself? A lot of poetry definitely speaks to me. I have friends who are really into poetry. And so I I follow, and them, how do I get lit up? How do I remember you know so that is all encompassing as well with that one, and That's I will
0: tell all true. of you, yeah. just being in space with Jean, you can feel that from her oh. you can and I'm sure you can feel it through through what we're saying, but she has a
1: glow, an absolute glow about her. (laughs) Well, you're sweet. And I go right back at you for sure. I think it's the safety that you bring. So thank you for that. So then the second thing is, the second thing is having in taking care of self is, well, this is similar to the other, but is how do I restore? You know, it takes a lot, not takes, but there is an energy exchange. Speaking of energy, you're just talking about in a way there's an energy exchange that happens with coaching. And if you've got anywhere from one to eight coaching sessions a day, and hopefully not eight, I don't know about you, but I couldn't do all that. But you know, if you've got one to multiple coaching sessions going on, or even in the group coaching dynamic or peer mentoring rings or things like that, there is an energy to contain, to hold, to be present and all that. So- Being an energy-oriented person, I always have to look at, well, how am I restoring my energy? So it flips back to kind of number three is mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. That whole restoration is super critical. And I often think that if I put out more energy, I'm going to get more. And that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't always equal. (laughs) No. Being an extrovert, it does work that way. You know, I do gain a lot of energy from healthy, well people, but again, just taking time to stop and restore my energy. What is it that I need? So again, that I'm not putting that on my clients.
0: And that kind of comes to being tuned into what you need, like oh, being huge. aware. Do I need to restore? And if yeah. I do, what works for me? What do I need to be and give myself permission for maybe even?
1: Exactly. It's really true. And it's okay for us not to be a thousand percent up. It's okay for us to not to have needs, you know, the coronavirus epidemic that's going on right now, or epidemic is a big word, but the coronavirus, you know, as it's unfolding, wave. thank you, Yeah, as it's unfolding right now, and the impact that that's having on business, the impact that's having on triggering fears or concerns or pushback or anything like that, I'm noticing that I'm having these reactivities, you know, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And wow, isn't that interesting. So even that reflective you know, if I was coaching myself, what would I say and do? I don't know. Well, maybe I better call a colleague to find out, you know, what they might say and do. So restoration, checking in.
0: Restoration.
1: Then the top thing for self-care. Have your own coach. Absolutely. Boom. Right there. Have your own coach. You may not need a coach every month, every day, every week, but have a coach that you can go to somebody that knows you somebody that's seen your journey, somebody that's been around with you. So coaches need coaches. And so that is something I'm adamant about, be it, you know, building and expanding your business, expanding your work, etc. So that would be that's my number one is have a coach. Yeah, take our own medicine. Exactly. And, yeah. and how much more authentic and genuine you can be when
0: you believe in coaching yeah. because you do it. You experience that, that
1: process as well. You believe in the process from both sides of the yin and the yang. Yeah. And it helps me keep that beginner's mind of what it takes to receive coaching and be vulnerable. I think that's crucial. You know, when we can see things, that's our gift of being able to be around a lot of conversations and also being objective from our clients. We can see things before they might see them, but that's not ours to just jam them in there. You know, or we may sense that we see them. Mm -hmm. So it really helps me appreciate the vulnerability. I love to coach fast and and go right at it. You know, when but but that's because I'm meeting a client's energy and their style and where they're at. But there's that other side where Less is definitely more and sensitivity. And I have one more that is Uber to everything that has really been showing up a lot lately for me in this 20th year of my business is just that fierce reminder of what it takes to truly be a good listener. And I think that impacts in business, listen to what other people are doing, listen to their mistakes and their successes and learn from that listen to my clients, to their needs, to their wants, listen to, you know, just really listen like I don't know. And then listening to myself, really being sensitive to my needs and listening to myself. And as I listened more to myself, I realized something that crosses all three of these in the three times I've evolved my website, which I think of my business plan revolution, evolution rather, is I've gone from providing broad services down to just like two or three. So listen to go narrow and deep and trust Mm -hmm. that narrow and deep works well. So just never underestimating pure listening, Mm -hmm. which is, I believe, foundational in our training. And I get reminded of that every day. I try to be reminded of that every day. And so that's the overarching. That's the overarching. So no, the over- overarching <laughs> lesson learned was the power of listening and
0: how it touches on every single thing.
1: Yeah, listening like you don't know. Listening listening like you don't know. You don't know. Certainly, yeah. Like listening fresh and real.
0: Yeah. And having to be okay with not knowing because oh, yeah. that's, that's not a deficit.
1: That's actually a gift. It's actually a connector. Yeah. It's actually a connector. You know, I really don't know, but let's explore, you know, like that. Jean, so there you go. <laughs> thank
0: you so much for bringing your top 10 learnings And I love that you broke it into those three categories so we can get some learning in each of those. And then that overarching important lesson learned. You bring your years of experience forward to us and you took time to share
1: that perspective with us. I just want to thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Truly my pleasure. And again, I really appreciate what you've done with your gifts and your strengths and your talents and your experience and your grace to provide this medium for us. I truly applaud you professionally and personally. So thank you. I mean that.
0: Couldn't do it without people like you being willing to share. So we will be on each other's mutual gratitude. Yeah, we're, we're having a big hug fest right That's now. That's right. We're having a big hug fest and you're all invited. Please
1: <laughs> okay. Join us. Yeah, it's a good thing.
0: You take care and have a great day.
1: I will take care.
0: While I have no doubt that it would be so enjoyable for you to sit down and have a cup of coffee with Jean and learn from her about her 20 years of coaching, since that's not feasible, I am so pleased to be able to bring this information to you through the platform, not just. Jean's journey, while that was so much fun to bring forward, but all of our fabulous guests and all the expertise that they bring forward. And I am committed to continuing using this platform to bring you expertise from across the world. As a matter of fact, we've got some interviews coming up around using masterminding to leverage your coaching To being able to get past the anxiety of asking for business, to using coaching in faith based organizations, what agile coaching is and how that impacts our industry, so much more, so many great interviews in the pipe. I know I mentioned last week that we were going to be shifting to skill development. We certainly talked about some of that with Jean. We do have several of those interviews coming up. I also had a couple guests who had to move their interviews around based around some of the emergencies that are happening right now. So hang tight. Lots of good content coming forward. In addition, Jean, as we were wrapping up our time together, asked me if I'd ever been interviewed on my show myself. And I said, well, no, I do solo shows. And she said, no, have you ever been interviewed? So we decided that she would interview me for an upcoming show. I'll keep you posted on that. I'm excited to spend time with her again. If you are enjoying the show and finding benefit from the show please take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Every rate and review we receive increases the visibility of the show. And feel free to share the link of the show with people that you know would benefit. So until next week, this is Meg Renschler, wishing you the very best, not only for your coaching success, but for your well-being and health. Stay healthy, stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next week.